You may have seen Lydia O'Donnell sprinting the streets of Auckland for hours on end. She is a running powerhouse and I am constantly in awe of her 5.30am Instagram stories where she is pounding the pavement to make up her 130 odd kilometres per week. After leaving a job with Nike, she is now a private running coach and so she genuinely is living and breathing what she loves to do, run. I talked to Lydia about her journey so far, her greatest achievements and how taking time for herself allowed her to focus on what's most important. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today. I first came to know you through our mutual friend, Gemma. She used to talk about her best friend who doubled as an insanely talented runner. (laughs) Um, Then obviously your Instagram following rapidly grew and I was able to follow you on that platform also. You're so inspiring. Oh, thank you. I literally wake up at seven most mornings and by the time I've looked at your story, you would have been for a two hour run. It's not just a one off either. It's basically every day. How do you do it? Oh, um, I think I've just grown to have it as my lifestyle. Like I think I wake up in the mornings and it's not like, should I go out today? It's just like, you just get up and go. Yeah. Um, and like, I think for me, like exercising in the morning and getting the hard work done first thing is the best thing to start my day. So yeah. I struggle to work out in the evenings and I think the only thing that gets me out in the evenings is my, uh, my athletes. So when I'm coaching with my athletes, I think that's the only thing that like, inspires me to want to run in the evenings. Yeah. I think getting up first thing in the morning, go for a run, have a good breakfast. That's like the best start to the day every day. Yeah, get it done. Eh? It's always like when you put it off yeah. that you're like, oh no I've got to go do it this afternoon and then it's just like yeah. further and further and further and then you're like shit it's eight o'clock and I haven't done it yeah um so where did your love of running come from do you think um I've I've been a runner my whole life so I started running I did athletics when I was like seven years old and I never took it that seriously when I was at school I had an amazing coach when I was at high, high school who um kind of developed me as an athlete but really educated me on not training too hard as a young athlete and she always said to me no one ever remembers a young athlete so I never mm-hmm. trained seriously when I was little I played a few different sports I danced a lot till I was about 14 and I think um being a ballerina you'd learn that dedication and hard work gets you places so wow ballet the so ballet how did you make that um <laughs> the, the transition switch, yeah or, how did you decide um I seriously thought I was going to be a professional dancer till I was about 14. Like I thought that was going to be my life and that was my big dream. Um, And then the more I started running, I guess um, my body changed and I got tight in places that I used to be flexible in. And um, I can relate. (laughs) I think I just found this love for running and, and my ballet teacher actually decided for me. She said to me one day, like, you can't do both. Do you want to run or do you want to be a ballerina? And I think because she put that in front of me, it made me decide that running was for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I think I, I loved running at school and I always dreamed about being a professional runner at school, but I never thought that I'd be good enough to do it because I was never a national champ when I was at high school. Right. Um, but I had an amazing group of girls around me at school and I think having that and making running become something that was more social for me was amazing because it Mm. taught me to fall in love with it but not take it too seriously. Straight out of school. Straight out of school. So um, I came back to New Zealand and I took about a year out of running and then coming back into running as an 18-year-old was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Like I was so unfit. I'd spent the last year like partying and 
Um, definitely not living an athlete lifestyle, <laughs> but being a teenager, so I don't regret it. Yeah. Um, and then coming back into it definitely was a good struggle that um, taught me a lot about myself. And yeah. um, I think within the first year of getting back into running, I've become national champ for the junior 5K. So seeing that, that, that change and, yeah, yeah. and seeing that hard work pays off, I think that's what kind of drove me to just keep training and to keep working away and so how did that um the US scholarship come about and what do you think mm. what do you think happened over there that was like ugh, nah, I've got to go. <laughs> so I went to um, a place called Beaumont in Texas yeah. and I got the scholarship through another girl that I had known from school who went to the same university um and I think once I got there it was a massive culture shock for me I had never seen racism like that before. That was wow. a massive part of it. So you'd go into our university dining hall and it would be all blacks on one side and all whites on the other, which oh my blew goodness. my mind. I, yeah, I feel like that's something you, especially in the environment we live in sometimes, mm. it's foreign. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't see it. As, they they it told me, happens, yeah. But you don't see it like that. They told me when I went over there that I couldn't be friends with the black people and that we can't just hang out with them. And I was just shocked. So um, I think by the end of my time there, I was only hanging out with the black people because the white people were so rude and just not nice oh my God. so that was a massive sh shake up for me and I think um, I got pretty sick while I was over there I actually got a kidney infection and I was in bed for about five days and um, super homesick and just mm. young and innocent and <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. definitely which school you go to um, as well I think the school that I went to it was um, yeah it was a great experience and they had a great team I think our coach um, was quite extreme and a yeah. lot of American coaches over there are I think they push the athletes pretty hard um, and our coach I remember hearing a story that they made a, um, a young boy run with a broken leg once just so they could make up a team and that mm. stuff I'm like that's not cool like that's not humane no so I just was yeah put off by it but or do you think growing up with your running it was love at first run like did you <laughs> did you go running and when you're like yep this is this is for me I think it's been part of my life for so long that I can't really even remember not running. Yeah. Um, I de definitely when I was young, when I was like 10 years old, I ran everywhere. Like mm. I was just this like skinny little runner, me and Gemma, <laughs> used yeah. to just run everywhere. <laughs> and so I think it's just something that's so <laughs> natural to me. And yeah. And so I do look at people who don't run or don't exercise and I just wonder like, they, they're not in on their secret, you know, like I feel bad for them because they don't know how good it feels to yeah. be out there running and being active and feeling good about yourself every yeah, day. I, I so agree with that. I think it's it's interesting when you live a um, healthy lifestyle and you know what it feels like to have energy and, yeah. and to be healthy. Um, and so many of us in society aren't like that. And you're kind of like, you look at people sometimes and you're like, man, if you only knew, you know, if yeah. you only knew what it felt like. But I guess yeah. it's a hard thing to communicate because your motivation comes a lot from yourself, yeah. as you know. So what what would you say motivates you every day to get out of bed and run for <laughs> bloody two days? <laughs> <laughs> what motivates me? I think my love for it, um, mm -hmm. feeling good about myself and being able to inspire other people, I think is a massive one for me. So... I mean, with social media these days, I think that, I wouldn't say that's my motivation, but it's so nice to know and to hear from people um, that I do inspire or, you know, mm. I'll be like getting messages from people being like, well, you're running in the rain. I'm going to go run in the rain because you do it. You know, like I love hearing that stuff. I guess chasing medals and chasing times used to be a massive motivation for me and I still 
love pushing myself every day to become the best athlete that I can be. And I definitely want to keep hitting PBs and keep doing well and winning national champs. But to me, I wouldn't say that's my number one motivation anymore. I think it's more to inspire people to be active and live a healthier lifestyle. And by doing that, I think I need to be the best athlete I can be. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, So you weren't always a long distance runner. You've only come into that in the last couple of years or? Yeah, well, I started running marathons um, about three years ago. So before that, I was running more like five, 10 half marathons. So still, um, still long distance yeah, so I would say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say like I've been a long distance runner for a wee while, but right. um, only doing marathons for the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing a lot of track before that. When I was around 20, I was doing more like 1500s and 3Ks. And, okay. Yeah. So you now have the record for the fastest half marathon? Uh, no, I wish. No. But in, so <laughs> no, I, um, I've won the 10K champs a few times, okay. uh, half marathon national champs um, a couple of times. Um, and I ran the fastest marathon by a Kiwi in 2016, but I didn't get to run a full marathon last year. So hopefully this is the year. Okay. So what does it take to be, to run, be the fastest Kiwi at a marathon? Like what's the training look like for you? When I first came into marathons, I was so like, um, blase, like I had no idea what to expect. And I just got given the training by my coach and I just did it without even thinking. Now I look back on that and I was like, wow like I was super dedicated to it like I was training so hard that I know that's what it takes to run a good marathon so I'm going to have to do it again um but I think when you don't really know what to expect it's quite nice because you just look at it day to day and you just do it do the work rather than sitting down and looking at a 16 or 20 week program and be like hey I need to do all of this yeah to be in that position so like yeah there's a big picture, but if you look sometimes at the big picture, it's, it's too daunting. intimidating. Yeah. 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 So, um, so what would a normal week look like for you? How many Ks in a week? Would um, you up? at the moment I'm probably doing about 130, 120 to 30. Um, but right. peak marathon training, I get up to about 160. Oh yeah. How do you feel on a Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sunday's always the longest run of the oh, week. Gosh. So you'll get to Sunday and have to do like a three hour run. Um, which will take all morning and then you get to the afternoon and sleep all afternoon. Yeah. Oh, so imagine. I sleep so much. How important is recovery to Like you? massive. And I've really only learned that in the last six to eight months. Yeah. Before that, I was working a full-time job. Yeah. I was running full-time and I was coaching on top of that. So my days would be start at five o'clock. I'd go for my run five till seven. Then I'd coach seven to eight. Then I'd go to the office and I'd be in the office nine to five and then usually coach in the evening too. So, uh, out of breath. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. um, I was doing that for probably about three years, mm. and then I hit a wall, and I just um, was on the verge of chronic fatigue and super mm. tired, and um, it took you, probably like three months to actually recover from that properly. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, that was a case of you wanting to be busy to feel like you were being productive and had stuff going on, or yeah, or just that's just it's because opportunities came to you and you just were like yeah I'm a yes girl I'll do it yeah I think I think I've always tried to be a high achiever and I think (laughs) people always especially Gemma would always be like you're doing too much yeah you need to slow down you don't need to do all that work um Mm. don't train that much and I was always someone to turn around and be like I can do it like yeah I'm this like strong woman who can do everything that people tell you they can't totally so 
I believed that I could do it and only now do I be like, well, those people were right. Like, Because <laughs> yeah. I find that quite interesting too, hey, like um, for me, I've just finished uni and, mm. and I'm playing hockey and it keeps me busy, but I do have spare time and yep. it's almost like with spare time, you're like, well, it's spare, I should fill it. Yeah. But I don't, I think when I take a step back from that and I really um, make the most of my spare time, but not fill it up with heaps of stuff, maybe just yeah. relax and take time for myself. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. important too. You know? Oh, totally. And yeah, so like now my days, I have so much free time where if you told me a year ago that I'd be sitting at home and having a nap in the afternoons, yeah. I'd be like, no way, that's not going to be my life. But now I'm so thankful that I've been through that and I've mm. learned and I know that having a nap in the afternoons is actually going to benefit me a lot more than being out and about and running around everywhere. Yeah. So... Um, I always explain it to my athletes that if they don't take rest days or recovery days, you're going to probably be working at about 70 or 80% all the time. Yeah. Whereas if you take those rest days, you're going to hit 100% two or three times a week. Yeah. And that's all you need to do to make yourself a better athlete. Yeah. So have those easy rest days to allow the body to recover. Go mm-hmm. hard on the hard days. Yeah. But don't just try and run fast every day because, and this out. relates to everything in life you'll yeah. burn out so yeah. you just need to make sure that you take those times out yeah so yeah. you used to work at nike um and how did that job come about how long were you there for and what your role was uh so i was yeah i was at nike for five years i think just over five years so i came into nike as a sponsored athlete yeah. um and then i was with them for about two years as an athlete where they when they approached me about a promotional job at nike So I was studying at the time at university and so I was like, well, I might as well do it just to like fill in my time and make a bit of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And it ended up being like the best job a student could ever get. So I was just going out to running events and getting people to put on running shows and talk about running. And that to me is the dream. Right. So I I got to do that. Um, And then after about a year or two of doing like part-time work with them, I, and I was still studying, I was like, well, I actually have been my eyes have been open to what the world of Nike is and mm. this like inspirational company and I would love to be part of that full time. So I set a goal for myself when I was about 22, um, 23 coming into Nike that I wanted to be like a brand manager for Nike. So um, looking after the marketing for them and um, I had no marketing experience, didn't have a marketing degree, didn't really know what I was doing. All I knew is that I loved running and I mm-hmm. could inspire people to run through Nike. So um, I slowly like worked my hours up with the company. I think I had three jobs at one point just so I could have that job with Nike. So I was working retail and then I was working at Nike and I also had another um, job where I was just like packing chemicals in a chemical factory <laughs> just Funny. to fill in time. <laughs> Um, because Nike couldn't provide me with the hours that I needed. Right. And at the time, because I quit doing my master's degree, my parents were like, what are you doing? Like, you're throwing away your degree mm. to work a part-time job in this company where you've had no experience. Yeah. Like, um, And I think I just chipped away at it. I chipped away at it. I, I think I almost, like, created work for myself within the brand. So I was talking to my manager at the time, saying, you know, we could be doing this, we could be doing that, and that's when I think she realized that there was a need for it and that there was a need for someone to run it. So um, my hours just slowly grew. And then I think within three years I was there full time. Um, and then by the time I left, I was brand manager. So nice. yeah, it was awesome. And it was an amazing experience. Um, and I learned so much 
um, not just about the company, but about marketing and about marketing to the world and um, Mm. thinking about consumers and how they think. And I think that that stuff like really um, drove me to do well for the company as well. And especially working for a global company in a little country like New Zealand, Mm. um, it's got such a big mark down here. And so... um, it was awesome. Like I, I, I loved working at the, um, within the brand and the opportunities they gave me were amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it probably made you realize that, um, brands like that aren't successful on accident. <laughs> like yeah. they know what they're doing and um, yeah. Yeah, great experience for you to work in. Yeah. Them. And throughout my time at Nike, like we became the number one brand in New Zealand, which wow. is huge because we we're above like Facebook and Apple and Google and which was really cool. Um, and then, there were times where the brand was struggling, you know, so yeah. I got to see both kind of sides yeah. of it. And I think that's awesome because you get to see how you can get out of that and how yeah. you get to that place as well. So did you grow the run club? Yes, I started, um, I started running the Nike run club. I think it was about six or seven years ago now. A wow. long time. It was before I was there full time. I started yeah. managing it. Um, and that was cool. Like I love being amongst the community and, um, helping people and inspiring people to run. So, and that was probably what like ignited my flame to want to coach. Yeah, and probably seeing how um, I, I don't know whether it grew quite quickly. Yeah. Um, but how many people were yeah on board with it? Well, like, when Man. we first started Nike Run Club, there were no other run clubs in the world. Like we were the first one, so that was wow amazing. And we were one of the first Nike Run Clubs around the world too. So it was just cool to see a big brand coming in and then people just jumping on it yeah. and. A, it's like supported by a big band, a brand, and then B, it's a community-driven thing as well. So it's, yeah. it has kind of both sides of it, and I think that was really nice about it because we were so connected, and that community was like awesome. I love just turning up every week and just getting people running. Like yeah. it's so fun. That's so awesome. Yeah. So now you are a full-time running coach. Yep. And you, um, that must have been quite a, a nerve-wracking decision to leave yeah. Nike. Um, yeah. How did you? It probably took me about three months to decide that I was like definitely going to leave. I think a few things helped me make the decision, which is um, when I got super sick and I had appendicitis, so I was out of of work for a couple of weeks and I think that made me kind of reassess Mm. life and I think the stress of the job was huge and Mm. um, it's not bad to be working at that pace. I think if it's your number one priority, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's because I had running as well and yeah. trying to balance the two out. It just was too much. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was a very hard decision to make. And even now, like, there's days where I'm like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I got out at the right time for me. Yeah. Um, and whether I go back to the company in the future that might be something that I look at yeah but at the moment I'm kind of just focusing on myself and focusing on what like I want to get done and it's nice it was really nice to walk away and um be proud of what I've achieved with the company and then take this new step into my life where I'm like all right I've got like a full day what where do I want to dedicate these hours to so that that's cool like that's something that I think um Every single day, I'm so thankful that I can do that. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes as well, change is good. Like, yeah. you can be in a, um, I mean, you say it was stressful, but you, when you're in the same environment for a while, you do maybe get a bit comfortable with the people and the yeah. role. And um, I think when you start to feel comfortable, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but change can also be quite good. You can find yeah. out more about yourself. And, totally. Um, yeah. I think um, 
I love change. Like yeah. I think I'm someone who's always chasing to do something differently. And yeah. it's probably why like I went and did a boxing fight in the middle of like marathon training <laughs> <laughs> and like I do these crazy races and stuff. I think that's because so I love doing something fight? different. How, did, how was the, the training? Did that training um, challenge it was you? probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? The training, the, the fight, not so much, but the actual training was about 16 weeks oh my gosh. of intense training. I've never experienced really? anything like it. And so Coming from a running background, we train max, like max heart rate once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, whereas in boxing, you're doing it three times a day, every day. Wow. So it's such you're a... You're training three times a day? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Leading into the fight, it was that? three times a day. So wow. I spent a lot of time in the gym and it was amazing. Um, it was definitely a struggle at times. Like yeah. I was pr- probably crying every day every second day and I don't even know why like I was just emotional (laughs) yeah and getting hit in the head is like not not good for the brain see I I've loved um boxing training but I think a fight for me is oh I just don't know if I could do it I so much respect for people who do it but I'm like oh my gosh I would shy away yeah you you get used to the punches in the head um (laughs) But it's not nice. Like, no. it definitely wasn't nice. I was getting black eyes and blood noses. And oh, great. Yeah, it was, like, that stuff, I think, um, and what I wanted it to do for me was what it done, done has made me stronger, and I think it made me realise what pain really is yeah. and appreciate how hard other athletes train because I've always thought, oh, runners train the hardest in the world, you know. Yeah. But boxing, well, I don't know, some of those girls are crazy. They're so yeah. fit. <laughs> So what would you say now after, you know, having a few different experiences and, um, you know, training for different events, what would you say you think is most important to you as a person uh, overall? I think being satisfied and, like, training for something where you can walk away from the end result feeling like you've achieved what you want to achieve and yeah. feeling like you've accomplished what you want you set out to do. Yeah. And so you're a goal setter? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think um, there's probably a goal setter in all of us, whether we're like, oh, we set goals or we don't write them down or whatever. Yeah. I think subconsciously people always have an idea in their head of what they want to achieve. Yeah. How do you believe that you set your goals and then achieve them? Like, do you have yeah. a specific... Because that's a big one, right? Like, yeah. It's like setting your alarm to get up in the morning for a run and then snoozing it. Yeah. Like, how do you actually... Do it. Do it, yeah. I think, um, yeah, definitely I set goals and I think that's like the number one thing that I would push for people to do no matter what they want to do in their lives is setting a goal. Because if you don't set your intention, then how do you know where you're going, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really that's important. So, yeah, so true. Yeah, so I'll set goals um, depending on what races I have coming up, but usually I'll set one major goal for each year Yeah. and then little steps to get there so smaller goals to get there um and then I guess that's my motivation as well that really helps me get up in the morning and know what I'm training for I think if I don't know what I'm training for I struggle to to do the training yeah Yeah. so I always have even in my downtime I have to have a goal of what that downtime is about like why am I having this like two-week period of not too much running it's because I've got a living right yeah exactly And even if you're not doing anything, you can still do nothing with purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, and do you, do you find, because I know this is a big one for a lot of people, when they um, compete at a big event, say, mm-hmm. they get to the end of that event, yeah. and they're like, wow, that was my goal. Yeah. Um, 
wear to now. Yeah. You know? And like they, they have this massive high. Yeah. Um, and then they end up in a big lot and they're like, oh my God, how did I get here? Do you have yeah. sort of a technique I think around they, that? Yeah, they call that in our world the running blues. Um, and I actually can't say I've experienced it too much. I think usually before I get to the end of my goal, I'll have another goal already set. I'll know what my next thing is that I'm going to be chasing. And if it is like a marathon that I've just, just finished, it's usually more of a sense of, well, thank God that's over. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, like definitely I'll have goals always ticking over in my head is what I want to be doing. Um, I think that's probably the same for a lot of people. Like, yeah. I know for me, it, with a big event, I'm um, eager to get into it and excited to be a part of it and to, you know, to play. But then at the end of it, there's also a certain sense of, like, wow, relief. Like, yeah. no more games. Like, I can have a break now. Yeah. Like, I've done my job. I think, yeah, exactly. And I get that's satisfaction it. from that. If you know you've, you've done what you accomplished yeah. or what you, what you set out to do, um, I think it's more of a sense of relief that it's over rather than yeah. sad that it's over. Yeah. yeah, so speaking of relief that something's over, you did an amazing event called The Speed Project. Yeah. And um, that was, you, you were telling me, what, 93Ks you ran into? I, yeah, I ran 93Ks of it, but all up was 550. 550. So yeah. that was a, tell me a bit about it, Speed Project. So The Speed Project is a race that um, a couple of guys in the States created about four years ago. So it's a, we raced from LA to Las Vegas, which is 550Ks, or they'd say 300 miles. Um, and, and I'd be getting out my phone trying to check yeah, what miles yeah. into <laughs> Um And so when they first started the race, they um, just a group of um, four guys and two girls came together and they were like, well, we're just going to run to Vegas and see how we go, try and get there as fast as we can. And I think they took about 40 hours and then... Um, two years, a year after that, they invited a few more teams to come and join them. And then two years ago, they had about 20 teams. And then this year they had 40 teams. So runners all around the world came together to do this race. And it's through some of the most dangerous areas of the States. So we ran through what they called the meth capital of America. So this little hick town, um, which was pretty scary. So there were definitely some areas where, um, yeah, you would... (laughs) Playing with death. Do you have a support crew? Like, <laughs> um, so it's, during? Yeah, so we have a support crew throughout it. You have an RV that comes with you with a couple of crew members, but there's no like pit stops along the way. So it's an unsupported race, right. whereas a lot of those relays around the world have pit stops and you can stop and sleep in. Um, yeah. But this is what they call unsupported, but you just have your crew with you the whole time. Um, we ran through Death Valley, so through the night, um, we were running through the the, through the desert so there was no track or anything to follow you had like you literally literally had like instructions that said um follow this way through the desert at six miles slightly their right at 7.4 miles slightly their left like right you, so you needed to have an orienteering background <laughs> well i didn't so right. probably why i got lost oh, no. but um yeah it was crazy and probably the the craziest definitely the craziest race i've ever done and one of the most insane things i've ever done so um the best experience like i can't rate it more highly and i'm just like yeah so excited to get back there wow that's just um insane yeah (laughs) i'm like it's funny these people have these amazing ideas or like these crazy ideas i heard about this lady the other day Mm. i was listening to a podcast about it actually um, and she swam from Cuba to Florida. Oh my gosh. Which is 53 kilometers. 
it's like shark infested oh water. Oh my gosh. Um, box jellyfish. That took you like 53 oh hours or something. Non-stop. I don't actually know how many kilometers it was. But I was kind of like, what what makes people think of these outrageous yeah. ideas and then like put it into practice? Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, <laughs> well, it's funny. <coughs> Coming away from that race and Sorry. speaking with the, the guys who, who created it, I was just like, what's next? Like, it was so exhilarating. And the sense of satisfaction I got from that race yeah. was more than anything I've ever experienced. Like, yeah. more than winning national champs or running PBs or smashing marathons. Like, getting to the end of that race was just, I can't even put it into words. Like, it was so yeah. exhilarating. And I think having the team with you as well. So, yeah. like, I've always run for myself. Yeah. And I've always run for me to be the best athlete I can be and for me to get these PBs and win these medals. Yeah. So going into that race where it's a team event yeah. and you're there to support one another the entire way and you're going through some of like the shittest times of your life, like it's so testing on you yeah. that having people around you, you become so close with them. Yeah. So that that team, like, yeah, the, the, the team element of it, I think for me is amazing because I've never come from like a team background. I've yeah, always right. been an individual sport. Being able to share it with a group yeah, of people. Yeah, which you've probably experienced a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then... I guess, you go through it together and you, I think there's a sense of understanding. Like I, yeah. you know, I have amazing friends and family, but my teammates, um, they understand me on a different level. Yeah. And it's not saying that they're any better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. And, and as much as you try and explain it to other people, yeah, no one they gets it like yeah. they do. Yeah, and, that's and true. And I think that's always a really special bond that you'll have with. Yeah. That's, that's the perks of being in a team environment. Yeah. yeah. And I think like it's really inspired me to be more involved in that sort of stuff. And yeah. So there's this massive like global running community um, of like these run crews that happen all around the world. They're like wow. underground run crews that they're all like creatives and like really cool and like they've all got their own like stories going on. Um, but they're not like elite runners. Like they're good, but they're yeah. not elite runners. So it's like a totally different world to what I've been mm. experiencing for the last like 10 years wow. so I went into this and met a whole bunch of uh, like new runners and we've all been connected now and we're all around the world and their stories are cool like some of them run for themselves some of them yeah. run for their mental health some of them run for their families or fundraise or donate like raising money and yeah. it's so cool just to hear that and watch yeah. that and see that yeah I guess everyone has their own reason to run yeah and when you bring those stories together it just creates this amazing book yeah. That, that's the coolest thing about um, running though, isn't it? Or just like, I guess, sport in general is that you're all so different, yeah. but you're all connected by that one thing, which yeah. you don't even need. All you need is, well, you don't even need a pair of shoes. Yeah. You literally do it naked if you yeah. want to, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's the coolest exactly. thing about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so would you say that that is your greatest achievement, Speed Project? Or? I probably would. Like, yeah. I think elite runners would be like rolling their eyes. Yeah. But I but think... Whatever. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's all individual. I think it's probably the, my greatest achievement. Like, I've never yeah. felt that satisfaction before. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just amped to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So do you have a mantra that you live by? Um, it's so simple, but I always like... I always just say keep going. Like, no mm. matter what, like, you're going to have barriers in your life. And I think I always talk about this with my athletes. Like you have a goal that you want to get to and you imagine that goal being one straight line to get there, but there's yeah. always going to be obstacles in your way. Yeah. So you've just got to take those pathways and maybe curve and turn and flip on its yeah. side, but you're going to get to that goal eventually only yeah. if you keep going. Like yeah. the only thing that's going to prevent you from getting there is stopping. Yeah. Very so true. I don't know. I always think about that and there's, 
I think there's a reason for everything. Like as cliche as it sounds, I think everything happens for a reason. And yeah, I agree. Um, I'm a huge believer in that. And so every experience is a good experience, even yeah. if you know it's really testing, it's really hard, or it's really upsetting. I think that stuff teaches you and builds your personality and makes you a better and a stronger person. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I I agree with that. I think um, it's a good. Well, that's how I look at things too. Is that everything happens for a reason, and that. Um, you know, even depending what your religious background is, is that like there's mm. a plan for you and that it's all sort of laid out and ready. So this, although it's not exactly how you saw things happening, yeah. it's going to help you um, get to where you, you be. are supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's got a purpose. Yeah. I like to relate it to um, Slumdog Millionaire, the movie. Yeah. And how he like experienced all those like crap situations, but in the end it all paid off. So I always think about that. Like if I'm going through something, I'm like, something in the future is going to come back and mm. this is why this is happening to me right now. It's the funniest thing, <laughs> hindsight, hey. Oh, yeah. Like looking back, I guess, on your life and, and being where you are now and being yeah. like, man, in that moment, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you look now and you're like, well, at that point, I met that person who yeah. then introduced me to this and now I'm totally. here. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... If you you can, just got to take it as it comes, yeah, you know? Yeah, I agree. So um, I've talked to a lot of people about success mm -hmm. and um, what they think success looks like for them. And obviously it's different to everybody. Um, and what I think has surprised me so much about it is people that I have viewed as successful mm. have been like, um, no, like I'm not successful. And I've been yeah. like, whoa, it really like challenged me, I guess. So um, what what does success look like? you if you were to describe it um it's a weird one because I, yeah I think you're right everyone views success in a different way yeah I think all it really comes down to in the most simple form is happiness and mm. I think everyone views or gets their happiness from different different things so like I have friends who are mums that's their full-time job they're yeah. a mum they've got a great family they've got great kids they're very happy in what they're doing. Like yeah. to me, that is very successful. Like if that's what they want to do with their lives, that's great, you know? Mm. And then I have some people who are working these amazing corporate jobs and like yeah. climbing the corporate ladder to which I don't really have a desire to do, but that's what makes them happy. Mm. Some people want to become Instagram famous, which yeah. kind of blows my mind. But like if that's what they want to do and they view that as success and that's what makes them happy, then that's cool, you know? Like yeah. I think everyone has their own version of what success looks like but to me it just comes down to if you're happy you're successful yeah 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 I think that's um that's true it's funny how people I think associate like I almost think it's actually a myth how people associate success with mm. money I don't yeah. I think now people aren't like oh um like no one that I would ask or no one that I have asked so far has been like oh, it means to have lots of money, yeah. you know, but I, I think, like, Back in the day, it probably was. Yeah, yeah. I think people are, um, there's so much more emphasis now on, like, on happiness and yeah. finding happiness and finding purpose. And, yeah. Um, that's a funny one because then it's like, what does happiness, yeah. you know, what does How happiness does look like? like <laughs> yeah. What does happiness look like for you? Yeah. You're happiest when you have beef or run. Yeah, well, I think, like, mental health is a massive one, and that's probably, like, a huge topic, I guess, that maybe we can talk about another day. <laughs> but yeah. I think, like, mental health is massive, and I guess in New Zealand it's a huge focus for our country to focus on going yeah. into the future. And um, mental health, I guess, and happiness are very, like, correlated, you know? Yeah. Like, 
if you have good mental health, which includes like your physical health, mm. because that's going to have an impact on your mental health, your social health, like all of that, those things when they come together and you are at peace with yourself, I guess that's when you're probably the most happy. Happy, yeah. yeah. So for me, yes, like running and looking after my body and looking after myself yeah. would, I guess, add into my happiness, but so would like my relationships, my friendships, um, yeah. my family, like yeah. my career, like that, mm. that stuff I think all impacts that as well. So there's so many different like little pieces to the pie that yeah. I guess add into what happiness looks like for me, but like I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're happy, you, you feel successful? I feel successful, but like that's now, like who knows? Yeah. Like yeah. I think, like I was saying, there's going to be like yeah. peaks and troughs in your life. Yeah. And like, at the moment I feel pretty at peace with myself. Um, but that isn't to say that I'm not chasing goals and yeah. dreams and ambitions. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're happy but never fully satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I think that's a good way to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you so much for talking no to worries. me. No worries. It's been fun.